0: This is About Town. I'm your host, Blakely Freed. It's Wednesday, July 26th, and yesterday I got a great chance to talk with one of Tulsa's finest comics, Evan Hughes. Evan came into the studio at Tulsa People, and we discussed his upcoming performances at Blue Well Comedy Festival, which kicks off tomorrow, and um, lots of other great events that he's been hanging around, hosting, curating, and just bolstering Tulsa's comedy scene overall. Here in a minute, I'll let you hear a bit more from Evan, but I also wanted to let everyone know that we have Connie Cronley's July column at the tail end of this episode, and I'll also give some rundowns on our Tulsa 10 music listings and other standout events that are going to be happening um, here in the next week or so. So stick around to hear more. But now, the moment you've all been waiting for... Presenting, Evan Hughes.
1: Okay, so this Thursday, I'm doing the Sound Pony Blue Whale show. And Friday, I'm doing uh, another Sound Pony Blue Whale show at different comics. And these are local showcases. And local and regional. So we've got Oklahoma City comics and some Arkansas and stuff like that. And some from other places. But a, a heavy focus on local. And then I'm doing, I'm opening for Sarah Squirm. Um, A.K.A. Sarah Sherman from she's an active Saturday Night Live cast member at Kane's Ballroom. I'm hosting for her Saturday, the third and final Sound Pony show, another local regional showcase. It's Sound Pony on Saturday. And then the final show I'm doing is at Fassler Hall at noon on Sunday, noon to 2 p.m. The brunch comedy show, the final show of the special, the only show on Sunday. And that's going to have um, some some of the best locals. And some comics from out of town that came in to do Blue Well that just won't have left yet or that are planning on probably flying out later on Sunday or something like that. I've left a couple open uh, slots on it just to see who I run into that's not from here, like on Friday and Saturday. And just I'm going to be like, are you going to be your Sunday? Do you want to do this on Sunday? I've never performed at Fastler, So it's going to be kind of a breakthrough show to have that first ever brunch comedy show at Fastler that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been really hot this summer, and not just the weather, but, like, the comedy scene, you know? Right, Eh? Right. Uh, Exactly. It's it's been good. Uh, Turnouts have been big. Um, I I run, like, 10 different shows a month. I have a range of types of venues, because some comics do better in front of certain crowds or on certain stages. Like, they might be kind of tight at one place and nervous, but in another place, they'll just feel right at home. And that's something I've learned over the years. When I first started booking, it was... Literally just, like, I knew all these people that did comedy uh, because I, I did stand-up for three years before I started booking. So, you know, if a friend was like, hey, can I get on a show? I'd be like, yeah, you can be on the show. And a couple other people would ask me if they could be on. And the lineup was just kind of, like, thrown together in a way where I did not put a lot of thought into the, the mix and the dynamics and stuff like that. But now I have such a better feel for it after, like, five years of booking where now it's sort of like a, a good mixtape where I'm like, this comic is like the perfect opener. This one's perfect in the middle, and this one's the perfect to close. And I, I've already envisioned like what the venue looks like, who's gonna be, what the crowd's like, what that comic is like, and it's it's just way better than it was in my in my first years.
0: Well, so you're you're creating kind of curating an experience.
1: Yeah, we have we have a couple of comics that are, you know, like pretty loud. Maybe even you could even say aggressive, maybe like a little bit of yelling. Mm-hmm. And there's certain rooms where you're like, that's just not going to work in there. But if you put it in the right room, everybody is just like soaking it up. And they're like, yes, this energy.
0: What kind of words do you have for someone who's considering starting even just like at an open mic?
1: I, I absolutely love for new comics to get started and the whole like, just get up there. Like, I I love that. I mean, we really do need those people we're a lot like a like a punk rock scene I think the only real difference I found between like us and a punk rock scene is like how much more actively like I'm recruiting you know like like I think you know punk scenes it's almost the same way it's like a DIY show but we're like we need new people to to join and do stand-up because I can't really do the same show with the same names at 10 venues year after year after year I mean you can but it's so much fresher just to have like that new name on a flyer, or like a new voice or a new perspective. And, and I mean, everybody, uh, everybody that does it enough, like you'll, you'll write your jokes. Like you'll, this, you'll write your, your wonder wall or whatever. Like your personal, like, you know, like third eye blind, like has like, that's their best song. Right. Everything else is like an album track. A lot of, a lot of comics are like that. Like they have their joke where it's like, that is their signature joke. That is the joke they were born to write. And, you know, they have a bunch of other like kind of like album tracks and stuff. But there's comics where you can book them and like they have that one joke as a closer. Mm -hmm. And it's like you could sit through like the other seven minutes and be like, all right, it's like pretty funny. And you'll laugh. And then you hear that one at the end and you're like, wow. You know, and um, yeah, I think if you if you start stand up and you, you try it, you try it, you'll find your voice and you'll you'll write your jokes. You know, you might not be the next you know, Jerry Seinfeld, but that's not what you should get in it for. I mean, I think that's the same thing as sports, like to bring up another old sports metaphor is like, you're not getting into it to become LeBron. Like you already have an idea that you're not him. Um, but that's not a reason to never pick up a ball or never have any fun. Like that is something that I find a lot with people. The way they treat comedy is almost like they think they're going to disrespect the art form in some way by going up and not having a set that's like a classic and it's like what are you talking about like you you couldn't do the worst set i've seen if you tried you can't <laughs> right. you know it's like you yes. can't you know and they're like really i'm like yes i promise i've seen worse and it it doesn't it doesn't do anything it's not like you're showing up at someone's house and throwing up on the couch you know right. it's like it's no, not no. a big deal even if you know everyone's bombed at some point and that's uh that's a fact it doesn't matter who they are
0: Well, and it seems like worst case scenario in comedy, or okay, maybe not worst case, but the most common probably worst case scenario would be you get in front of everyone, tell a joke that you've been working on, and people don't laugh, which is a a terrible feeling, but like it's not the same as like being in danger, you know, or I mean it's so it's it's one of those things where it really it's like what do you have to lose, like just try it. it, is kind of what. What I'm getting from you is just go ahead and do you know. Yeah, I mean, what's
1: the worst? Think about it. I mean, what is the absolute worst thing that could happen? Like they throw a I mean, tomato at you, maybe. And even that, I mean, that, that would it. be like a, to me, that would be like a silly, funny story. Right. Like, I mean, I would just tell people that I had a tomato thrown at me.
2: Right. And here's the one and only Connie Cronley. This column is titled, Good Night, Son. I noticed that I have shed some long-time memberships, associations, affiliations, and acquaintances, not always deliberately, almost never dramatically, but over time they just fell away, often unnoticed by any of us. I have kept my steadfast devotion to heliotropism. This is the tendency of some plants to turn their faces to the sun all day. Sunflowers are the most famous heliotropes. Buttercups and arctic poppies are also heliotropic. These flowers follow the sun because they find sunlight stimulating. I think I converted to heliotropism to compensate for spending decades working in windowless offices. I'm still starved for sunshine. Luckily, it's July, and we'll have about fourteen and a half hours of sunlight every day. I need all the sunshine I can get because I've been through a cloudy patch. My March birthday hit me with a number so large, I checked my birth certificate for loopholes. And it is amazing that a paper that old and brown hasn't crumbled. Then spring allergies were particularly vicious this year. But when the congestion and drainage finally cleared up, I discovered I still couldn't hear properly. A hearing test confirmed it. So there I was one afternoon, sitting in Costco with my just-out-of-the-box hearing aids, eating an enormous hot dog, and feeling sorry for myself. To make matters worse, I was reading for the first time Judy Bloom's classic Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. This book is 50 years old, and her depiction of girls 11 going on 12 is so accurate I was transported back to my own angstful sixth grade. Angstful is a neologism I just invented, but isn't it a truthful depiction of that time? My girlfriends and I were painfully aware of merging from the cocoon of childhood. Everything was high drama. Like Margaret in the book, we anguished about getting the first bra, and we found boys puzzling, both appealing and appalling, I had flashbacks to one sixth-grade summer dance. We girls clustered together in our full-skirted pastel dresses like shy flowers, and the boys stood together on the other side of the room until chaperones made them dance with us. We'd all had dancing lessons in preparation for just such an occasion, but the boys were more interested in catching June bugs and dropping them down the back of our party dresses. An odious boy named John Paul told me, I call you Turnpike because there's not a curve in sight, and I was miserable. Then a princely boy named Burke asked to walk me home, and I was Cinderella. When I first inserted the hearing aids, I was assaulted by sound, swirling, booming, flooding sounds. I asked the technicians, what's that swishing I hear? He said, it's your hair brushing against your ears. You'll get used to it. From the sixth grade to hearing aids. How did this even happen? That night at the Circle Cinema, I saw a fine documentary film titled Turn Every Page about writer Robert Carroll, age 86, and his editor, Robert Gottlieb, age 91. Both of them refusing to be cowed by numbers and anxious to finish Carol's final biographical volume about Lyndon Johnson. That night, I ran into old friends at the cinema and made new acquaintances, all of us luxuriating in conversation with people who love books. Suddenly, I realized I am this age, and this is my village. It's home. Currently, we use the term nightfall, but in the 1600s, people didn't say that night fell. They said night thickened, a softer image. When I left the bright lights of the theater lobby, I carefully stepped around the medallion in the sidewalk imprinted J. Cronley, writer. I murmured, good night, J., and walked out into the thickening night. On my way home to my cottage I love, a glass of Pinot Grigio, and a CD of Bob Marley singing Every Little Thing's Gonna Be All Right. Tomorrow would be filled with sunshine and wonder and so full of marvels, I can hear my hair.
0: We mentioned a whole lot of events and a whole lot of projects, all of which can be Found in our show notes. And I just wanted to give you a quick rundown of some of the great things that are happening. As always, fresh music listings are posted every Monday on TulsaPeople.com. And you can find our curated list of things to do, the Tulsa 10, also on TulsaPeople.com, but also published every Monday. This week we have some great things lined up. Today at Empire Bar, there's a U.S. women's national team World Cup watch party. And I don't know about you all, but I got really into the World Cup last time around. I got really excited for the women of our country to just kind of show their stuff. And it was really fun to cheer and actually, you know, cheer as one, as an entire country for something that's really nice and I think needed right now. As we mentioned earlier, the Blue Well Comedy Festival kicks off this week and is July 27th through the 30th. And that's at multiple venues around Tulsa. Book of Mormon is also going on right now at the Tulsa Performing Arts Center. Well, that's all I have for you all today. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on About
2: Town.